All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Friday, December 30th of 2022. Here, got a nine-game NBA slate as well as a three-game NHL slate. It is Friday. Uh, Going to be our last show of the year here. We will come back on Monday, uh, January 2nd. So last show of 2022. Been a fun year for sure. Been really uh good time, you know, taking over office hours for Jordan and uh, doing this show through through the end of the year. So thank you all for, you know, uh, welcoming me as, as the new host. Been a really fun time here. But, you know, still plenty of DFS to play. Should be a fun weekend as well. So for those of you who are new here, Welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions that come in live in the YouTube chat or in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, there's a link in the description below to get joined up. You can get your questions in early, get us a queue of questions for the show to keep us going as well as participate in all of the specific sport channels. See when our Sims run. Uh, we have underdog tweets linked up to those channels to so you can see the breaking news and see the Sims run and see why that all makes sense. So highly recommend getting in the Discord as always. As And there's also a link to a seven-day, no strings attached, free trial, no better time than the start of 2023 to check out SaberSim if you have not pulled that trigger yet. So highly recommend it as always. All right, we are going to jump right in here. Uh, let's get SaberSim pulled up. Uh, looks like we have quite a few questions to get us going, so it should be great. And, uh, you know, anything on your guys' mind that you guys want to get answered, throwing it in the live YouTube chat is perfect. All right. Question from Jay Sams Jr. How does SaberSim come up with the minutes projection? Also, how accurate are the minutes projections when it comes to role players and bench players Great work, Andrew Saberson rocks right on uh, Jay Sam's junior. Appreciate the compliment. Uh, you know, to be honest, I don't know exactly how we come up with the minutes projections. Uh, you know, anecdotally speaking, I think our projections are very good. And I think that, you know, as the season goes on, as the sample size gets larger, uh, those projections get more accurate, right? We get more instances of, you know, uh, six mans and you know who's coming off the bench who who's who's how many minutes are they playing off the bench right uh the more the more data we have the more dialed in that should be but i think that's you know kind of uh industry-wide i don't think that's specific to saber sim i think that's why you know it's harder to project rookies early in the year and you know as these guys continue to play we kind of get an idea of you know what their you know true fantasy point per minute uh is and you know how much they're playing uh not to say that you know that doesn't change on a day-to-day -day basis um you know it's it's pretty hard to, to get in the mind of these coaches right you never know what the coaches are going to do that's part of the variance you know uh sometimes players get hot and sometimes they stay in and, and play more and then sometimes you know they don't do well and then they come out so gets a little tricky uh there is variance in the projections you know the the minutes that you see here are their average minutes across the entire sim database right so for for all of the sims here uh that is the average that they're playing across all of the games that we have so that is what you're seeing uh definitely you know going to be times where guys get more or less minutes i thought the minutes were really good uh yesterday you know especially like 
with the Jalen Williams news, uh, Jalen Williams for J-A-Y Williams uh, for OKC gets pronounced as a starter, you know, 10 minutes to lock. We had him at about 22 minutes. Uh, I think he ended up playing about 24 and he had never started before, had only been active for for a handful of games across the season. And I, I thought the minutes were well, you know, he didn't, he didn't play very well, uh, had a lot of fouls. I think he had like five fouls, but he still put up, you know, 15 ish fantasy fantasy points at, at min salary on DK. So I was, I was pretty impressed with the minutes projections there and you know, how, how quickly and how accurate it was able to adapt. So I have a lot of faith in the minutes projections. Think you guys should as well. Okay. Um, See a comment from Chuck here about um, custom projections, and then there's a thread that started. Saw some conversation over in the pro channel as well. So, Chuck, if you're here, I'm going to skip that. Seems like you've been getting a lot of feedback from uh, different members of the community as well as the team on that metric. All right. Studewood said, is there a way to tell Saberson to give me only two players in my lineup that are more than 20% owned. Uh, yes, there's definitely a way to do this. You can do it as a uh, group rule. So what I would do is I would come into group or I would come into your rules dashboard, go to rule type group, go to selection method, automatic. And then I would say use no more than two players and then don't check group by, just leave group by unchecked. You know, leave all the positions checked as well. Add a stat requirement that says my, my ownership greater than 20, right? So what this is going to say is you're going to say, you know, create a rule and say that I cannot use more than two players whose ownership is greater than 20%. And what you can do is you can save it as a manual rule. So we can go in here and look at this rule and then we can uh, open it up here. And then it is going to basically go and grab every player above 20% ownership and uh, put them in a rule and say you can only use two, right? Rather than you having to come in here and check them all in. So, so this looks correct to me. Uh, the the rule looks good. I would I would be careful with a rule like this, especially in a sport like NBA. Um, you know, projections are usually very good for NBA, and uh, or let me say, NBA is a more projectable sport, right? So usually uh, ownership is kind of warranted, right? Um, you know, there, there, like there is a reason that Bobo is 74% owned, right? Uh, I believe that a bunch of people on the Detroit and Orlando teams got suspended for the fight with Killian Hayes and, and Mo Wagner. Uh, the NBA just, you know, anybody who got out of their seat during the altercation got a one game suspension as well as the players, you know, who participated in it. So, so we should be seeing uh value here on, on both of these teams. And yeah, look at, look at, look at all these out players, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine out players for Orlando tonight. Uh, probably only going to have eight players active and we have four at just about, if not min salary. So, going to be a pretty crazy game for for Orlando uh first game on the slate as well so i definitely expect to see a lot of ownership come out of this game but yeah pretty crazy situation there and then i think you know we should probably see something similar for detroit looks like less uh suspensions over on this end i'm pretty sure that the the foul occurred you know near the orlando 
bench or something like that. But for, for whatever reason, you know, a lot more players on Orlando got suspended. So going to be a huge Orlando value slate there. But, but yeah, you know, you know, uh, got a little sidetracked there. Um, basically, you know, the point I was trying to make is that usually ownership ownership is, is more warranted and is less steam in NBA. You know, NBA is a daily sport. Uh, not, not so much time for like those narratives to, to create and build such as, you know, what we see with NFL, what we see with like golf, et cetera. So, so that's how you do the rule. Uh, you know, I would be a little cautious with using that and I'm going to only use it in specific instances, I guess, is, is, is my key takeaway there. Saw GM33 jumped in and uh, showed Studewood had write that rule. Thank you, GM33. Appreciate you helping out. All right, moving down here. Got a question from Rogue3. Looks like Rogue said, if I'm setting a rule to limit no more than three players per team in NBA, is it Saberson's recommendation to do that via a group rule or go just uncheck all the larger stacks? I don't. I don't want instead does one method have a different effect on what Sims are used slash selected and how it filters into the final build. Uh, this is a good question. So, you know, this, this might have changed. Um, I, I think at one point using this unchecking the stack types was uh, would cause builds to run a little slower and doing it as a group rule was better. I don't know if that has been um, fixed or not. But what, but what I, my, my, my opinion is that it probably takes more time to come in here and uncheck all the stacks that you don't want every single day. Uh, doing it as a group rule should be just fine. And then any rules that you make in, in the lineups dashboard carry over to the next slate. Uh, that's why, you know, we come into the show and then we just had all of those rules that I just bulk trashed. Uh, that's because, you know, we, we do the show, we build rules. I don't delete them and then they carry over, they carry over. So doing it as a group rule should save you more time. Um, something that I've, I've been experimenting with and, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this, you know, 5,000 times here. So I'm going to build a pool of 5,000 lineups. What, what I've been doing is not setting that rule and just handling it in the post build. Um, I, I think that, you know, the rule is fine and the, and, and the rule, you know, makes a lot of sense. I definitely think there's instances where it's, it's okay to, to go outside those bounds. And, you know, I think that's what not setting the rule kind of allows you to do is be a little more flexible account for, you know, those, those exception times. Right. So, so what I, what I would do is, you know, let's say I'm building 150 lineups here. Uh, Mess this up. Let's say I'm building 150 lineups here. I'm going to make two changes so I can see my lineups. All right. Can see my lineups now. Uh, you know, let's say, you know, maybe I'm applying some uniques and, you know, I'm going to try and max it out. So, so this looks pretty good. You know, four min uniques, 150 lineups already at lineup, you know, 3,283. So I bet if I set, if I set it higher, probably wouldn't have enough lineups. In my pool, you know, I think as you get, you know, closer to to the end of your process, right? Come in here and check your stack types. You know, I have one Orlando five stack. You know why? And 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 we just talked about it, right? And and to me, it makes sense. Um, you know, Fultz, Wagner, Paolo, Bobo, and Terrence Ross, right? Uh, you know, these guys are going to have a lot of minutes. You know, they're they're playing with 
the minimum amount of active players and they're all they're all fairly cheap should play you know a lot of minutes right this kind of gives you the the ability to say like okay you know am i okay with this in this one instance right and and it's one lineup out of your 150 right you're only getting one right um are you okay with that right and then you can see the rank on it it's ranked 669 so probably it's not in your top 150 right it's probably in there as a byproduct of using the min uniques right so you can kind of weigh those factors and then i think you know here we have the orlando four stack like if i if i were if i were to set that rule i would probably turn it off for orlando and i would probably and the way to do that you know i'll show you guys how to do that but but i guess going back to my point is that you know not setting the rule allows you to come in here and say like okay you know why is it not why why is it allowing four stacks for this team into my lineups and you know we kind of did it backwards right usually i would like do this see it you know and then kind of walk it back and say like oh you know they have a bunch of out players makes sense or you can do it the way we did it you know figure it out in the beginning and then go into your build like oh okay orlando four stacks makes sense today right so you know i think there's always exceptions to the rule uh which is why i think that you know not setting it and then spot checking is is better in some instances especially on a day like today if you do research, you know, ahead of time, you watch this show and get, get a feel for it. And that's a rule that you normally set. I would, I would do it as a manual rule, right? So, you know, group automatic, uh, use no more than three group by team here. I would save it as manual. So it's going to create a rule individually for each team on the slate. Uh, today, I would probably go in here and then delete the rule for Orlando saying like, I am okay with more than three players from Orlando, given the slate context, given the roster content, context, etc. So, so you know, if, if you are somebody who's taking the time to look at these things before a slate, you know, that allows you to make these adjustments to the rule. If you are just coming in here, running a test build, letting Saberson tell you what the slate context is, I would I would run your test build without the rule. I would look at it and and you know check those stack types to see what it's telling you. Or just not use the rule at all, but you know, know that's something that you generally want. So in the post build, come in here and and look and see what's going on, right? So those are definitely uh, ways I would use it. You know, it's not going to give you the stacks, you know, at like some crazy high rate. Uh, it's still going to give you them at a rate that Saberson thinks that it is worth playing. So only eight total four and five stacks and they are all Orlando, which all makes sense. So uh Rogue, you know, that that is uh probably more more than you you asked for in regards to that question, but just definitely a topic that I I, I want to cover and you know uh help you guys understand that you know there are exceptions to to rules and I think tonight is a great uh exception to the rule and that is kind of how I would look at it from from different angles, right? So just some thoughts there. Let me know if you guys have any follow-up. Uh, going to keep rolling here. Oh, follow-up from Rogue. Rogue said, how would I set a rule to not allow two three stacks? Then the limit of three still allows three three X. Um, so so what I would so so you can set a rule more than once, I think is is the better way to think about it. So if I have, you know, this rule, each team, you know, less than or equal to three, uh, I could do that more than once. I, this is something that we've covered for like hockey. Uh, this is a popular, you know, hockey thing. So I would just set it 
set it twice. So use no more than three. And then I would, I would do another one saying use no more than three. And then this will basically not allow. Somehow I got a negative number here. So use no more than three again, save that. So now you have two rules and it basically needs to follow this twice. And then that will not allow more than three players from two different teams into your stack. So let me know if, if that answers it or, or if I missed something there. But this, this last part's kind of making me feel like I did. How would I set a rule to not allow two three stacks? Then the limit of three still allows three three X. So yeah, that, that does make sense. Um, you know, you can get like four two twos, three three twos. Uh, this is DraftKings, so there's only eight spots. So yeah, so you can't get a three 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 here. But you know, basically every every extra rule will be followed. So if you set three here, you know, if you set like oh, use no more than you know three three um, two or something like that. I mean, and there are specific stack types that you don't want that are just kind of one offs. I would just uncheck those stack types. Um, I think like as a as a general rule, you know, going back to what we talked about before, like if if you know you just don't want more than three players from one team, I would just set that rule. Um, it doesn't matter if like you're not gonna get you're not gonna get like a like a three five like it's not gonna do it backwards, right? So so it'll make sure that that no position is your primary or your secondary basically is not more than three, but. It, so, so you can set that rule once, but if there's like a specific stack you don't want, like a three, three, two, I would just go and uncheck that one stack type and then uh, run my build from there. Okay. Um, comment here from GM thirty three. Uh, just, just a uh, shout out for turning me on to unique rank fill. Uh, sounds like you had a pretty good night using unique rank fill. Uh, I did a segment yesterday on unique rank saying, you know, why I think it is better than unique random at this point in the SaberSim app, given, you know, the ability to to get diversification through min uniques. If you are interested in that conversation, uh, you can go back to yesterday's stream and uh, just use the timestamps in the description to listen to that specific segment. Uh, that goes for, you know, any of our past recordings we timestamp every single question that way you can go and listen to the pieces that are important to you. Or if you posted a question, you know, you just want to hear the answer to your question. You can go in and find it pretty easily, but GM 33, happy you uh, had some success using it. I definitely think it makes a lot of sense given uh, some of the diversification tools that we have added to the app in the recent past. All right. Uh, question here from Edub. This is our last question in the discord. Haven't seen any questions come across in the YouTube chat. If anybody has questions, now is a great time to get them in. All right. Edub said, hey, Andrew, just wanted to get your thoughts on how long should a good NBA process take with information and Sims running right up until a lock? How long should a viable process take so that you can account for changes and not miss lock? Uh, this is a good question, right? Um, I kind of want to split it up, you know, there, there is a difference between the time that it takes for you to hit build and make your adjustments and submit those lineups, right? I think that's like one aspect. And then your research and, you know, what you do 
uh, to kind of figure out how you want to approach the slate is, is different. Right. So, you know, I think that, I think that, you know, from, from build to, to submitting lineups, like it, it, you have to be able to do that in less than five minutes. Um, you know, I think the final sim for the OKC Charlotte game ran at finished at like three fifty four yesterday. Um, you know, Pacific time and, you know, lock is at four. Right. So, so that, that is a time crunch. I think that, you know, um, you have to know how long it's, it takes you. And then regardless of whatever news you're waiting on, you know, when that time hits, you got to say like, all right, I have to go. And, you know, you just got to work with the most um, available information you have. Right. And, and I don't think you're at a disadvantage in that moment. I think you got to remember that, you know, if there is like still a starting lineup, that's not out. Well, like, guess what? That lineup is not out for, for everybody in your contest. Everybody playing DFS is dealing with that same problem. Right. So the only, the only way to, to be in an advantage is to be able to wait longer. Right. And to be able to do, uh, be able to submit your lineups faster. So, and then you're still, you're still waiting for the news, right? There's no guarantee that that news is going to come. Uh, sometimes lineups come out after lock, right? It's, it's the worst, uh, I think on Christmas Day, the Knicks released their lineup like five minutes after the 12 p.m. Eastern lock, right? Like that happens. Like at some point, you know, I don't care how long it takes you to do your process. If you can do it in 30 seconds, like you got to start at some point, regardless of whether or not the lineup is out, right? So I think that, I think that you know, from, from build to submit has to be less than five minutes or or you have to you have to know what what are the most important things that you're doing in the post build you know are you setting filters are you setting exposures um what whatever you're doing you have to know what's the most important to you and in a time crunch what can you get rid of right i think that's something that that i like to do uh i like to spot check you know my lowest projected plays and and my exposure to those plays but sometimes i'm in a time crunch like like to me that is my least important um, thing mostly because it is like a spot check. I'm spot checking Saber Sim to make sure that that it's doing what I want. But in a time crunch, you know, I'm I'm fine getting rid of that one aspect of my uh, post build process and just trusting Saber Sim, right? So so know what are the most important things to you and figure out you know how long it takes to do those core things and then you know figure out how much time it takes you to do kind of those extra things if you have the time. And then um, make decisions about when to run builds from there. I'm not saying you should start your process five minutes before, but, you know, we're just talking about build to submit, right? I think, you know, everything before that, right? Um, it depends what type of player you are. You know, are you just using the SaberSim app to do research? Are you, you know, looking into injury news? I know we've, like, we've, we've talked a lot about NBA process this week. I've I've walked you guys through like the basketball monster dashboard, you know, kind of how to um, look at an injury report and figure out, you know, where late swaps are going to come from. If you guys missed any of that content, you know, look at any of the videos from, from earlier in this week and look for those timestamps. Um, that is the, you know, the extra stuff, right. And you got to figure out, you know, what, what extra stuff do you want to do? What extra stuff do you think adds value? And then, um, you don't, you don't need all the news out to do the extra stuff. I think you can look at stuff and understand that, you know, things might change, but you can look at that too, right? Like, okay, you know, maybe, uh, Giannis, Giannis is, uh, questionable tonight. Right. Um, but you know, it's, it's three 30, you know, half hour to lock. 
I want to run some test builds, some research builds, get an idea. And then, you know, maybe he gets ruled out and like, and like, that's okay. You know, everybody has to account for that at the same time. Um, you're not, you're not really at a huge disadvantage in that scenario. Right. So, so figure out how much research you want to do, how much value you can add by doing research, figure out how much time that takes and uh, be flexible with it. You know, injury news is going to break, might wipe out everything you've done. You might think, you know, somebody is a good value play at a certain ownership and then that ownership changes. Right. And like, that's okay. NBA DFS is very, very fluid. So I, I wouldn't uh, get too upset by that, but you know, I think the most important thing is build to enter lineups. I think it has to, you have to be able to do it under five minutes for sure. All right. Um, Follow up here from Rogue. Rogue said, I tried that hockey method, no dice. It limits to just two lowest rule. What I wanted was if there is a three stack, then there was no more than two for any other stacks. Red line above, all good though. Okay, so so basically you want the first lineup. The first rule is, is, is no more than three, right? Let's go over to hockey because I – I swear we've done this before. All right. So hockey slate going to create a rule. So I have these in here from, from previous shows where we did this. So, so the first rule is like stack no more than three. Oh, this one's stack at least three and then stack at least three. Okay. So we, we did like, I want a three stack and then I want another three stack, right? Let's get rid of these. And then let's say, you know, okay. Group rule. Um, so, so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the first one is stack exactly three, save. And then I'm going to do a second rule. Hmm. Actually, I don't know if this will work. So, so I think maybe I was getting confused here. I was thinking about this stacking rule where we were like telling the builder to give us stacks. And we wanted two correlated lines on the stack. I'm going to have to do some testing, Rogue. Let me do some testing on this uh, stack type rule. Obviously, it looks like, you know, you can handle it by checking off the stack types. Not sure if you can handle it as a rule. So I will check it out and then I will start a thread and uh, get back to you to see if we can figure that out or not. All right. Going to move on. Got a question here in the Discord. Question says, are soccer, hockey, NBA, NFL default sliders set up differently respective to each sport? Are sports like soccer back tested the same as NFL slash NBA? Okay, this is a good question. So for any sport that we have Sims for, the sliders are back tested and set to values based on the sport type, right? We are not going to take slider settings from, you know, NBA and to put those in hockey. Those are very different uh, sports. You know, you could see that, right? Um, if we go over to, you know, 150 max, uh, max entrance, we have a one, six, 10 setting for, uh, this specific slate, you know, obviously there's not a three game NBA slate tonight it is a nine game NBA slate, but you know, just, just the, the, the correlation that goes into hockey is so much different than that goes into NBA. So we definitely treat the slider settings for those sports differently. The only thing I wanted to say here is that, you know, we do not have Sims for soccer at the moment. So if you were to go over to soccer, you would see um, ownership fade and Sim uh, smart randomness, right? In in a sport where we do not have Sims, uh, 
the builder is going to act more like a traditional optimizer since we don't have a range of outcomes for those players, right? So you're only going to see two sliders here, ownership fade and smart randomness. Um, soccer is going to interact very differently with the builder and since there are no sims, right? So soccer sims, definitely something we want to build out in the future, been prioritizing some other things here. So hopefully something that uh, we can deliver in the future, but definitely on our radar. So, so hockey, NBA, NFL all have Sims. So all use the Sim database and the range of outcomes have their own specific slider settings. And then soccer, we do not have Sims. So uses uh, smart randomness builder interacts differently there, but good question. I'm going to make a note here to get back to rogue, but that was our last question. Everybody, uh, thank you all for tuning in. We will be back in 2023 for our next show. Good luck in all your contests today over the weekend. If anybody needs anything, the team is always around. Drop a message in the support channel. Uh, you know, Use the report a problem link. We are always around and ready to help out. But that being said, I will see you all later. Peace.